Welcome to Six Pack. I'm your host, Erin Inselman. This is an uncut show that supports parents in the enjoyment of raising children and having the fire and spirit to do life, with a side of sarcasm and humor, of course. I'm a mom of six, a wife, and a business owner in the health and fitness industry. Each week, myself and other experts will be sharing pointers and stories on parenting, self-growth, health and fitness, and relationships. Join me for this real and raw show dedicated to sharing tips, tribulations, and the triumphs of everyday life. Welcome back to another episode of The Six Pack. Thank you so much for joining us again today. This month is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. So today I would like to tackle and talk about the subject of mental health. Mental health as a perspective of a parent when you have a child that is dealing with mental health issues. And then also the perspective of my own daughter is here today with us, Brianne. She is our oldest daughter and she has actually over the last few years have, has been working through and battling every day with anxiety and depression. And so she has been so generous and courageous today to join us to talk about her story and her journey and what she has gone through in regards to mental health. And so welcome, Brianne. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So like I had mentioned before, you have kind of been dealing with depression, anxiety, battling day to day for the last few years. And can you kind of just walk us through your journey a little bit and talk to us about, you know, maybe when you started to see signs of this or even how you feel, how you cope with it, just beginning, you know, even from kind of the beginning of when you felt maybe this even started? Yeah. So I would say this has just kind of been something that has been prevalent in my life since I would say almost starting college. One thing I think that led into it is my basketball career in high school. I was, you know, everyone goes through their own challenges through sports and everything like that. And I was very positive and optimistic and, you know, I was just ready to take on every challenge, but I also had a lot of like big goals with that. And I felt like I really relied on the outcomes a bit. And then towards the end of my career, experiencing many concussions and also just, you know, going to school and choosing my education over possibly playing sports. I never really got to like kind of see some of those goals, you know, come to fruition and like be fulfilled the way that maybe you had intended. Yeah, I definitely like I gained everything out of that sport that I wanted to. Like I enjoyed playing. I enjoyed the friendships and the lessons and all that kind of things. Like I've I made lifelong friends from it and it's like the door was shut, but I still had unresolved feelings with it. And the door was shut before you were ready for the door. I think so. I think so. Because of injuries. Yeah. And like, when you look at it like that, I'm like, that sounds silly, but like, it's, but it's it's just, yeah, it's still very real. Yeah. The emotional closure of it. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. And so going to start studying architectural engineering, coming straight in my freshman year with like 16 plus credit hours. It's just like, that was a very new thing. And I was like, ready, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy learning. I enjoy doing homework and all that kind of stuff. And just with being that in that environment, the students around me, it was just constantly, you're doing schoolwork, schoolwork, schoolwork. It's a very competitive. Yeah. 
very, very competitive. Not only is it a very competitive degree, but when you're around like-minded people like that who, you know, are very, very high achievers, many times people can be competitive with each other as well. And it doesn't always create the best environment. Very much so, yeah. So I feel like I almost became a product of that environment where it felt another like another basketball situation where I just like couldn't see the end of the tunnel almost like you know it's just like I'd, I'd work all week all weekend and you know I'd bust my butt get these assignments done and then just comes again you know it's yeah, just that it's circle just like that cycle. circle yeah and I think I kept holding on to like oh like after junior year I'll probably reach that peak it'll mm-hmm. start to go down I'll feel a little bit more of like possibly my goals in my the things I have and I want to do with my career because, you know, the role of a student is, is hard. Like it's a, it's a hard one and it's not the purpose that I want fully. Like, I mean, I enjoy learning, but I'm not finding fulfillment in that fully. Mm -hmm. Like I'm using that to bring myself forward and to, you know, touch people's lives and touch the environment the way that I want to in a positive way. I think one analogy that kind of worked for me is like you look at people who grow up in hard situations and they, you know, they make their way out of that situation. They have a very strong goal that pushes them through it. Like they get knocked down and they're like, I have this goal. I have this goal. I have this goal. And I think for me, I just kind of lost that goal. And yeah, like to be able to keep up that stamina yeah, for that long, because, you know, it's, And just to describe your degree, like you said, you had mentioned, you know, 16 credit hours, your first, you know, semester and everything as a freshman, but that load never changed, even through the summer. Right. And then in the summer, the expectation was also to add an internship Mm -hmm. in addition to a full load of classes as well. So for the program and the degree itself, there was never really any time off the way that some college students get that time off you right. know, in the summer as a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. The structure of the program is not necessarily set up that way. And it's very much like a cadre type program to where you're typically with the same people yeah. the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so the way the program is set up is that you'd finish in four years time with your bachelor's, but then you still are locked in to another year for a master's. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And like, I don't want to blame it all on school because it's not like people can go through this degree and like, there's definitely, like, I've watched my, you know, my surrounding students, you know, go through this degree and everything. And it's, it's not fully that. It's just, I created an imbalance for myself. I disregarded the things that I need as a human to fill my bucket up. Like I just was running on empty constantly. And that definitely caught up to me, I think. Yeah. And so what were some of those things that started to happen with you? Like as a parent, I can verbalize the things that I saw within you that, you know, that started to happen. There was a little bit more edginess. There was a lot of anxiety. There was um, panic attacks. There was anxiety attacks. There was depression. There was quietness. You know, there was a lot of mood swings of up and down. And so, you know, I mean, I could go into all of that as a parent, but I want you to be able to have time to share with people the way that someone who is going through anxiety and depression and a mental illness, you know, feels and their, their journey. Um, I just, it feels kind of helpless. Like I would say, you know, my history, like I've always been very emotionally aware and like 
very positive and then to be experiencing such negative emotions, I was so hard on myself and that truly did not help me in any way. I would experience like these sad emotions and like these different voices would tell me like, I, you know, I don't like myself. I hate myself and like stuff like that. Just, I think due to that, that emptiness not being filled up in the way that I needed to fill myself up. And I know that I'm the only one in control of that. And that's what also made it so hard is that I didn't know what to do. It was just that. Do you feel out of control? Uh, very out of control. And one thing that therapy helped me was I just need to be kind to myself. Like those are emotions. Those are emotions that you're experiencing. You can't judge them. They're not just because you're sad doesn't mean that it's a bad emotion. Like I would, I would be sad and I'd be like, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Like, why am I feeling this way? This is not the way I was intended. This is not the way I was created. This is not the way that I was raised to feel. And so that kind of made me turn into isolation because like you look at my situational life, I have a great life. I'm in love with my boyfriend and he's so good to me and I'm the deepest love I've felt with that. I have amazing supportive family, exceptional family. I'm pursuing a very hard degree. I'm going to get this degree. I'm going to make huge impacts on people. Like you look at my life and it's a beautiful life and to feel the way I was feeling was was very hard. Yeah. Cuz it didn't align and that also made it very hard for me. I would imagine that that like you said being able to step on the outside and look at, like you said, your situational life with it, I think is a great way that you describe that. And then knowing that that wasn't in a line with you, but not knowing how to change that is right. a very trapped feeling. Yeah. And it's like, I would read books. I would, you know, like listen to different posts, different things that like normally I would listen to and they would just not resonate with me. Like, it didn't connect. I was like, I, I know that I should be doing this or, like, to hear some tactics and stuff. But I just never felt, like, the the strength or the desire or to kind of pursue those, to to try to make myself feel better. And, like, again, it just kind of goes into the, the voices and that mental game that is being played mm-hmm. in your head. And so, I mean, I definitely would think, like, also just due to the culture of, my degree, I've pretty much stopped exercising. And I know that like, if that was something that started as a result of my concussions and it was something I never built into my routine being in school. And so I do feel like that, that would have been something that like, I know possibly like is the solution, but like for me, I just part of a solution. Sure. Yeah. Because we know the effects that, I mean, growing up, you've lived health, Yeah, you know, and you know, and being a, a multiple sport athlete, you know, the impact that exercise has on you, not, right. not just physically, but chemically. Yeah. And so, but I think when you are, like you said, you know that that would be something that would help you. Right. Because you and I have even had meeting after meeting, discussion after discussion and made lists and come up with plans and come up routines of like a toolbox of things that, you know, could help you. But Coming up with those things and then being able to have the strength right. to actually do that are two different things. Yeah. And I think when you are, 
whether you're a parent or whether you're someone that's dealing with mental illness, I think it's very important to understand that it does need to be that person's journey and we can support them and help them as much as we can. We can tell them what to do, so to speak, but we have to know that it really is up to that person to do that. And right, right, even at this moment, you know, and, and like you said, we've been working on this, you know, for, this is not just something that's happened overnight. This has been, you know, a, over a few years period of time. Mm-hmm. And going back to exercise, I mean, you know that that's something that will help you, but yet right now you are not able to find that willpower and that strength within you right. to add that component in you because the mental aspect of it is so completely draining. Mm-hmm. And just the things I've built up with it in my past, like just all these different little... Like what? Well, I mean, I can't really put words to it right now, but it's just like, it's just the pressures, like the different pressures that I probably used to put on myself when I would exercise and that used to feel good to me. And Uh now those pressures are like still almost there, but they're just a different type of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a couple of things that I'd like to probably leave leave it with. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you keep, well, I, I mean, I, you know, like you had mentioned therapy. Yeah. So that was, that was something that, you know, it was, we like as a family kind of worked and worked to do some things. And then it was one of those things where we made a decision that, you know, this might be something that within our own unit that we need to look outside for help. Mm-hmm. And so you saw, you have seen a therapist for a while. Do you want to speak about that at all? Not not going into any detail about maybe what you discussed in therapy, if you don't feel comfortable with that. But let me ask you, did that help talking to someone else besides like family? Yeah, for sure. Like it just feels good to be heard. Right. And it's not like, not like the people around me weren't listening to me. It's just like, you just almost like need that to be heard by somebody from the outside to be like, like, this is legit. Like, you know, like, they could tell me the same exact thing, like, I was being told at home. It's just... Yeah, when you hear it from... Yeah, when you hear it from someone else, else, it's just, yeah, it's it's different. And it was just nice to be able to, to kind of talk and get a new perspective on some of the things. Like I said, he, when I was in therapy, like, he definitely helped me shift some things that I, like, the narratives almost, and some of the things that I was being told by myself. Right. <laughs> Like, you know, I'm not, this isn't a downfall. Like, this isn't me going backwards. This isn't, this isn't like me, like taking steps back. This is me, like growing to being a new person. Like, this mm-hmm. is, I'm on a path of growth. I'm not on a path of destruction. Right. So, like, that really helped. Well, that, that I think that gives you hope too. Yeah, it when does. You're able to talk with someone that, like you said, you feel like you're beating yourself, beating yourself up. And, you know, you do feel so dark. At times. Yeah. And then I think that then when you are able to talk to someone and they do help you shift that in your mind and they're like, wait a minute, this isn't failure. Yeah. This isn't, you know, like you're going into this black hole. Right. This is just a new path of growth. Yeah. Like you need to go through this right now to come out on the other side. Right. And I think that just that shift in your mindset. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, learning the value that the narrative that you tell of your life is, is huge. And like experiencing these emotions in contrast to, like I said, my situation, I was like, I'm broken. Like what's wrong with me? Like I'm broken. And he was just constantly like, you're not broken. Like people go through this all the time. Their doubts, their anxieties, their, you know, 
They're, they're just emotions. Yeah, they're fears. It's just, you know. And pressure. Yeah. An and immense he, amount of pressure that, and being the oldest. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, you know, as far as birth order, I think being the oldest has a lot to do with it. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, the pressures that are put on you as being the role model for all your siblings. Yeah, that's, being, that's been very hard. Yeah. Being the number one, being the guinea pig for your parents, you know, as situations come arise that, you know, I mean, I think that we both probably could agree that. You know, our, we were probably the hardest on you than we were on any of them. Um, and that's, you know, and again, that's it's just the that's, way it is. Yeah. I, I think probably every parent could say that too, is that that's just growth of parenting. Yeah. And, but would I change it? I wouldn't change it. Right. Because I think it helped, you know, your father and I grow as parents. But I also, I mean, you're such a beautiful person that, I mean, obviously there was something along the way that was being done correctly. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the fact that just the acknowledgement of knowing that this is your journey, this is a journey of growth. And, you know, if you don't mind too, there was a time when, when Brienne was going through therapy as well, where again, I think maybe she and us, you know, we weren't just seeing, you know, some of the, the change maybe that we were wanting to see yeah. from therapy. And so medication was suggested. And she went, I'm going to say she, she went the route of, of medication. Do you want to talk about that at all? Cause I know there was an, an internal battle. It was just, yeah, I didn't know what else to do. I knew that this was a solution. Mm-hmm. If this would help. Then why not just try my, it? Yeah. And my emotions were just so, so like dark and overwhelming that I just, yeah. Being on medication, it was, it was part of my growth can't discredit it it's of like towards I don't know it was very odd towards the end of it because we made the um I and you and we really you know we made the decision to eventually cut it off and Um, why did we make that decision I was losing a big part of myself I was becoming a bit numb and it was just the way that medication affected my body. And from a parent perspective, looking on the outside when you when you see that, Brian and I noticed that as well. Brienne used a very good description of describing that she was numb. And that's exactly Brian and I, like we couldn't see that light in her eyes anymore, that shine of her personality. And Brienne mentions a lot of darkness and, and we saw that as well. But when she was on medication, it was just it was like this glossed over look and she began to lose a lot of weight and she was very, very quiet. And Brianne's not a very quiet person. And so, you know, it was something of course that concerned Brian and I, because it did feel like you were somewhat more balanced as far as like you weren't all over the place. It wasn't like in a roller coaster, Mm -hmm. but I almost would have rather had the roller coaster than the numbness as a parent that I saw within her. And so I think she described that very well mm-hmm. of the fact that she you know, didn't really feel like she was there. There really was, there was like a part of her that was lost a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so from there, she made the decision to wean off of the medication. And in my opinion, like, those of you that have been on any type of antidepressants before, when you're on an antidepressant and you start to wean yourself 
or you start to wean off of it. You can't just cut cold turkey. Like you honestly feel like you're going out of your (laughs) skin, out of your mind if you go cold turkey to where not only do you feel like nauseous, you feel shaky, you feel like the self-inflicted flu kind of in a sense. You feel like you, I mean, you're hearing like voices in your head. I mean, you feel completely out of control. And so the proper way to do it, of course, is yes, definitely to be under, you know, your doctor's care. And by all means, I mean, you know, Brianna and I are just talking about our journey. We're not, you know, obviously just the way it health professionals, anything and, like that. Yeah. This is just our story and her story just to identify with maybe some of you out there that either you yourself are going through this or, you know, if you have a child or a sibling or a parent or anyone that's close to you that that you love that is going through some type of mental illness as well. And so by it requires a lot of strength to make that decision to go off of medication. The nice thing about it was I could actually like that felt like I could see the progress. Like that was the biggest part where I felt like I could like see that that growth. And then I almost got hung up on like growth should be linear. Like I should keep going up from here and it's just growth, growth and healing isn't linear. And that's, that's also something that's hard to understand when you feel like, oh, I made this huge progress, but now like, why am I here again? Like, why am I back down? And then I had a great day this day and I had these, you know, great things that happened. And like, I felt like I was on, you know, in control. And then it's just, it's that part of the battles it's been hard because you're just like, you you feel like you're making progress and you're like, what? It's just like, we're used to like growth being linear. Like when I'm losing weight or I mean, not even that. I mean, like most growth is not linear. Right. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. So that was, gosh, I'm going to say a year ago that you went off medication. No, it was, in, it was before quarantine actually, which I'm grateful I was kind of already weaned off before the pandemic kind of hit. Yeah. Why is that? You just like her, like emotions and things. It's just extra trials that have come with this, you know, just with the different events. With quarantine. With quarantine and, you know, being in the house and only in the school load increasing and stuff like that. So, So, I mean, would you say that working through you know, anxiety, depression during this time with quarantine, has it been easier or has it been more difficult? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe different things are it's easier, been, different things are more difficult. I've definitely like learned a bit more about myself, like starting a new job virtually and stuff like that. Like I found out like I'm a, I'm more of an extrovert and I knew that. And like, it's been nice to like see that part of me come back. But then just like with the current events, it has been a little bit more difficult, but at least I'm like able, I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean with the current events? Well, just like with the civil rights movement that's going on and some of the politic, the politician things and all that kind of stuff. You just, it's, it's, it's more in your face, obviously with quarantine and like that's mm-hmm. weighs very heavy on, on you. Yeah. On me. I'm a very much an empath. And so like those events affect me a lot. And so like at least, I don't know. So what are you doing? What are some things that you do to help you heal when you are in like a state of, like you said, those dark moments or feeling depressed? 
I have a list of like things that like I've created with my um, therapist and that of like things that make me happy and things that I enjoy and things that could, you know, when I do get low or start to feel the anxiety, certain things like I can just do. What are some of those things? They're just like really small things. Like it's like, like I really enjoy eating Oreos with milk and watching comedy with my boyfriend. And so like that's, <laughs> that's kind of my go-to <laughs> just cause it's easy and like, I don't know. But I also know you love to paint. Yeah, I do love to paint. I have not been creating as much. I'm almost like, it's, it's almost become like something I'm afraid of. Like I know I, I really didn't paint when I was where I feel like I was a lot lower than what I am right now, just because I was afraid of the emotions that would reflect in those paintings. Mm-hmm. Like, that's big for me. Like, my emotions are in my paintings, and I just didn't want to get you those emotions stuck in there. And yeah. yeah, Were you scared of that? I was very, very scared. I still am a little bit. Like, I feel like I'm doing better, and I def- definitely have up and down days. But, yeah, I'm, ver- I'm very afraid of my emotions. And, like, it's just afraid, like, what I would find. And, like, through... Like, you know, some of the people I've talked to who's helped me on this journey is just like, what, like, when you get there, like, what's, like, I've just created so much anxiety with it. And it's like, what's going to happen when you get there? When you actually, like, sit and meditate and feel those emotions and, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just scary. Yeah. But what do you think is going to happen? I know, eventually, like, that's going to help me move forward. Yeah. And, like, I feel like I've been slowly chipping away at it. Like, it's. You're just not ready to face that yet. It's a patience game. Like, it's just, like, it's definitely, like, it'll happen when it happens. Like, I'm slowly getting there. I'm slowly making progress, and that's all I got to keep telling myself. And Do you feel like you're pushing those feelings down? I mean, yeah. Do you want to do that? Or is it just still fear that's holding you there? I don't. You don't know. I don't know. I don't think you need to know. I was just asking because I, I think um, that's a conversation you and I have never had before about the painting. You know, like you said that you, when you were more at a, a, a darker place, a deeper place, the fear of painting and what you actually would put on that canvas scared you. Yeah, well, it's almost just like, for example, like, I've been making self-portraits of, like, my family members, and, like, I know that that doesn't, what I wanted to put in that doesn't reflect that, if that makes sense. Like, and... But you also work at, so she also has another part-time job at, like, a, one of those paint-and-sit places, and I'm gathering that those are easy, because you're given the portrait to paint. Yeah, for sure. Be, so, in a sense, it's... It's not your feelings, your emotions that's being put on the campus, but it still is a type of therapy for you mm-hmm. because you're being able to use that outlet and be not your, maybe your own creativity, but being able to create something, you know, through, through a method that always has brought you joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's probably another form of, of therapy in a yeah, sense. Is yeah. The, knowing the art therapy, knowing, knowing what brings you passion, but also being able to recognize if that passion is bothering you different outlets that you can, or if you're just not ready to, 
if that passion plays into your emotions, don't push it. If, if you don't feel like pushing it sometimes, like go do, like, like you said, like the coloring books or like the, yeah, the paintings that are already step by step. Show me how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Those could also be a good way. Mm-hmm. So how have you been feeling lately? Because I feel like I've seen a difference in you. In fact, we even actually, um, just as kind of a, a side note, um, there was a time where we even had Brienne move home and out of the dorms and back into our home because Brian and I were at a point where we were fearful, where we weren't sure where she was mentally. We weren't sure if she was to the point where she was going to harm herself. And so... We wanted her under our roof so that, and it was a control thing for us as well, but I think it was also just a, obviously, you know, a very heightened level of concern that we had for our child that we needed to, we felt we needed to keep an eye on her. And we felt maybe if she was in, back in our environment, back in um, a place where she grew up feeling safe, that maybe we could, you know, create you know, a feeling of more balance for her. And so she did move back for for quite a while and then did some work in Turkey last summer and was able to just kind of do some classes and some research and everything away a little bit. And I think that was a good mental healing for her. And so then when she came back, she moved into her own apartment as well. But now with quarantine, she's actually back. (laughs) Not because of mental health, but because of quarantine, she actually is back staying with us and finishing her last year of grad school as well. But I think I have honestly in this, I would say last two months, I've noticed a lot of growth in Brienne. And I don't know exactly if I could pinpoint what that is or if she has even noticed anything within herself. But I will say that I feel like she's becoming stronger at verbalizing and identifying maybe what got her down the path that began this journey and verbalizing her emotions a little bit. And I think that's helping her heal. I agree. Yeah. It was, it was hard also because I was just like, I don't know where these emotions are coming from. And just like, I'm very curious. Like, I want to know the source. I want to know why. Like, that's the engineer in me. You want to know why this is happening, why this is a problem. And not having those answers also made it feel more like that trapped kind of vortex. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, but yeah, I would agree. I would agree that been able to kind of vocalize and pinpoint a little bit more. Yeah. So you've been feeling better. Yeah. Yep, and I've, like, kind of gotten some of those desires back. And what do you I, mean, what desires back? Just, like, like I just feel like I've had more energy to, like, love other people. Like, that's something that was, like, I was just so drained and so consumed by this energy. And, like, I gain my energy by giving energy. Like, mm-hmm. with... Which with is the, one of your love languages. Yeah, and so... Is giving. Yeah, and so not being able to like give to other people was like hard and I wasn't able to receive that. And so lately I've, I have been feeling like, like I've, I've noticed it like when I'm with my little sisters and just little things when I'm with anyone, honestly, like I just feel like I'm, I'm more in control and I'm able to separate. Like if, if something starts, if I start to slip back or, you know, I feel like I've been able to kind of separate 
that a bit and not fully adopt like those emotions and those feelings where I feel like I'm able to separate it and be like, all right, this is, you know, a trigger for me right now. I'll just move on to yeah. something else. You know? That's huge growth. Yeah. To be able to identify that and to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to continue to let myself go spiral down. I'm going to accept that emotion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel that emotion right now. And then I'm going to move beyond it mm-hmm. or let it go. Um, something that you also have, um, and I've been firsthand to see it, are your anxiety attacks that you have. And they just come on randomly, don't they? A lot of times um, it seems like they're more in the middle of the night. Yeah, me. I don't know what that is. Something about the reason when I wake up and I don't know if it's like honestly just my alarm. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I have been noticing like in the mornings I'll wake up and my heart rate's just a lot faster and like I have that anxious. And I think that's what's actually honestly weird, but it's been helpful to me is like, I've almost dropped a bit of that depression. And I just feel like it's the anxiety where I'm like, was it just anxiety this whole time? And I just felt trapped by it or, you know, again, just trying to figure it out. But, but I have been feeling more of the anxiety and I almost like find a bit of comfort, like not comfort, but just like a little bit of relief. I'm like, it's just anxiety is awful. Like, it's a terrible thing, but like, but you'd rather have that than depression right now, right now. Cause I do feel like it's a bit like where it's a, a little bit more controllable for me at times than that whole consuming and mm-hmm. trapped feeling. It's still not pleasant. Well, no, no, not at all. <laughs> but no, but, but I feel like it's interesting for you to say that we've also found a little bit of methods that actually, you know, help with it with the new calm and, yeah, so Brian just mentioned new calm. So this is something that Brian and I have actually been, Brian and I are actually in a study with um, a company called New Calm, and it is to where it can help tremendously um, people that are dealing with a high, high anxiety and depression. But in addition, it just helps like the recovery of your body, feeling rested, almost like a like a power nap kind of a thing or a deep sense of recovery and relief. And so actually Brienne had come up one morning and it was very, very early in the morning and she was having an an anxiety attack and wasn't, was struggling to control her emotions. And so immediately I got the new calm out and what it does is there's a patch that you put like on your left hand, like uh, there's an acupuncture point um, about three fingers length away from your wrist. And so there's like a little sticker that you put there. And then there's an app on my phone that I have with the new calm that has a variety of different levels of music. And so you put some noise canceling headphones on, eye patch on, or eye mask on so that, you know, it creates a dark environment for you and a a relaxation. And so when she actually had this anxiety, we actually had to find the right track for her. She first played one and I was like, no. Yeah. (laughs) This is the the music was up and down, up and down, up and down. And it was creating a higher level of stress for her. So we actually found one that was uh, the spa one. I think it was, that was just a little bit more calming and she was able to do it for like 20 or 30 minutes And when you came out of it, how did you feel? I felt a lot better. Like, I wouldn't say, like... It cured it. No. No. No, but, like, honestly, like, the other day when I used it, like, I did... 
I actually feel like a lot better. And like, I felt like I did get, like, I almost got like clarity in some of the things that like I've been, you know, experiencing. And so like just that reaching that meditative state where I haven't been able to, because of all the thoughts that go on in my head and the anxieties that I build up that that was kind of cool. Like I was really grateful. Like I was like, I've been trying to like reach that meditative state because I know that that will help me heal for so so long. Yeah. And that's why I think we need to continue that. Yeah. And I think that what you just described, Brienne, is exactly, it's a process. Yeah. And so we're just so grateful that we actually have found one method right now because we've tried hundreds. Yeah. But right now, one method that is having some breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Brienne has committed to trying to not trying, you either do it or you don't. Yeah. Brienne has committed to doing this three times a week so that she, (laughs) I will. Oh, did I? (laughs) I thought we talked about that. (laughs) I I need, I, that would be good for me. And it really, I mean, you could, it's 20 minute session. Yeah. You know, um, you can make it a longer session if you want to, especially being at home all day. Yeah. And so it's a good brain break also, but I'm really, I didn't know that about the clarity and I'm really happy to hear that because I, that makes me excited for you Mm -hmm. that if we keep doing this, you know, three times a week, that that could be something that then eventually, like you said, that you've been searching and searching for this, this clarity Mm -hmm. and you know, that that's something that you can find on your own now. Yeah. And so Anyway, Brianne, I know that that, gosh, sharing, sharing, being so intimate with people and sharing your journey and talking about this. And I know there's so much more that we could speak to because you have been on such a journey the last few years, but I just want to thank you for having the courage to sit down with me today. This wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy. And I wasn't sure if we were going to make it all the way through, mm-hmm. to be honest. And so for those of you that may have a child that has mental illness or maybe around someone, you know, let's just talk about some warning signs. So, you know, just a few warning signs of mental illness is that if you see someone that has like long lasting sadness or irritability, that is possibly a sign. Someone who is extremely emotional as far as like very, very highs and then very, very lows when it comes to their mood, that they spike very fast or they feel a lot of excitement and then all of a sudden it's like nothing happened, nothing within the environment happened situationally and all of a sudden you're low. And Brienne's shaking her head right now because she knows exactly what I'm talking about where just sometimes it's like we could be having the time family like yeah family christmas or something yeah, like that yeah it could be the time of her time of her life such a wonderful experience and then all of a sudden she is in a completely low place and for no reason at all another thing is if there's excessive fear worry anxiety that is another sign someone who is also socially withdrawn like Brianne said she's very much an extrovert but during this time she has been completely socially withdrawn and so doesn't want to go out doesn't even want her photograph taken you know, she, I watch her like during family photos and stuff and she'll, or during events and everything when people are taking pictures and I watch her kind of creep to the corner, creep to the side. That's another sign as someone who just doesn't really want to socially be around people because 
when they're socially around someone, they feel like they're putting off a facade that they have to, you know, that commercial that they have with anxiety, depression, where they have the, like the face that's held up with that's that smiley face that they're holding up. They feel like that that's a fake face that they're putting on all the time. And inside they're completely dying inside. And then another is just dramatic change in like eating or sleeping habits. That could just be another sign or a warning sign of mental illness. So those are just, you know, a few signs of mental illness, but some tips and everything to help someone or to help yourself for just good mental health is making sure every night we're getting plenty of sleep. Sleep is really important for our physical and our mental health, that we're eating balanced, that we're not putting a bunch of crap in our bodies because we all know that the healthier that we eat, the better that we feel. Anytime, try to avoid any type of drug, smoking, alcohol. I think Brianne could probably also speak to the alcohol aspect of it. You know, she had shared with me that she had gone to a couple social events that she had had and Every time she drank alcohol, she spiraled. Yeah, very fast. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was like I was almost just like a one drunk or one drink. One drunk. <laughs> one, drunk. one and drunk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, one drink. One drink, and then it was just like that was my max. Like if I had two drinks, it was like immediately spiral. And like I do know, like with my anxiety, late after I've gotten out of this more depressive episode, like with my anxiety, I will have a drink to calm my nerves, and I'm aware of that. Yeah. I'm not like, not I know using that, it as a crutch. Not yeah. trying to use it as a crutch. I'm aware of it. I know that that is something that helps me, but I feel like as long as I'm aware of it and I'm in control of it and know like yeah. it's not something I need to rely on. Right. But, exactly. Yeah. But that was something that with alcohol, like she and I had a lot of conversation about that, that she noticed that she definitely went down. You know, a lot of times when people drink alcohol, they're more fun. They're the life of the party. But, you know, that was something Brienne noticed just if in one drink, the dramatic effect that it had um, on her mental health. Um, the other thing is um, getting plenty of sunlight. You know, if you live in a gloomy environment, I know that's a little bit hard. Um, Brienne actually has a tip for that as well. That's another thing that we tried is that she actually got a light. Oh, um, for herself. I think it was called like happy light. But so actually what that does, the science behind that is it resets your circadian cycle. So a lot of the times like with blue screens and like staying up late and being weird, indoors, yeah, being indoors, weird sleep habits, anything like that. Your circadian cycle is your body. You know, when you wake up, you get that blue light, you feel the energy. That's what that initial that happy light does, it resets your circadian cycle and then allows your body to at night then release that melatonin to help yourself go to sleep. Yeah. So Brienne actually has that light actually set up at her workstation right by her computer screen. And so if you are not able and you're, you know, working from home and you're in front of your screen all the time, that might not be such a bad thing. It was was not very expensive. I know she got it on Amazon. It wasn't very expensive, but it might be something that could also help with that. But otherwise, like get up, try to get outside, get as much sunlight, get that vitamin D. You know, it's something that definitely is good for your mental health, managing your stress, getting some type of activity, exercise, doing things you love, doing things you enjoy are also just some some top tips for good mental health and connecting with others, trying to be social. Like Brienne had mentioned, one thing that feeds her soul is giving back to other people. And when someone is going through anxiety and depression and mental health, it's very difficult for them to give to someone else because they feel, one, they don't feel good about themselves. And two, they feel it requires so much energy to do that when they're not even able to take care of number one. And so, but it is definitely something that is 
is beneficial for all of our mental health. We all feel so much better when we compliment someone, when we give something back to someone, when we do something nice. Think about how much that feeds your soul when you give someone a gift and you see their face light up or you do something where you carry someone's groceries for them or you help them with something. And so that is something that even though it might not seem like it would be, you know, one of those tips for good mental health, it really does, you know, feed your mind and feed your spirit a little bit. And then never, 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 ever be afraid to ask for help. If you feel like you are struggling with any type of mental illness, there, if you don't have someone close to you, there is so many different hotlines. Mm -hmm. There are so many different people out there that will give you the help that will support you, that will carry you um, when you need to be carried. And so I guess that's the biggest takeaway with it being National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. I think we all need to be, we all need to know that just because this is the month that we're focusing on this, mental health doesn't go away after September. It is something that is with the people that are around us every day, that Mm -hmm. they carry every day. And just to be, open your eyes mm-hmm. and know that just by lending a hand, letting someone know that you care about them, that that really can be the difference between saving someone's life and watching them continue to spiral down. Mm-hmm. So I would all encourage all of you to, like I said, keep working on these top tips that for mental health because it's good for all of us. And again, if there's if there's any way that Brianne or I can help in any way, please feel free to reach out to us through Instagram, through Facebook, however you want to contact us. We will help you. We can put you in contact with people, you know, either in your area or nationally, because there are so many people out there that just want to want to help. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people out there that love you and care about you. And so... You know, I just kind of want to end with the fact that if you do have a child that has been dealing with some type of mental illness, some type of anxiety, some type of depression, just let them know that you are there for them. It is their journey. It is not yours. It is hard as a parent not to tell them what to do, especially as they get older. (laughs) But we have to understand that we just need to keep an eye on them. We need to keep trying different things. Not everything's going to work. There's going to be success. There's going to be failure. There's going to be moving forward. There's going to be 10 steps back. Let them know that you love them right where they're at all the time. Like, it doesn't matter what emotion they're experiencing, but that you love them all the time. Yep. I love you. (laughs) I love you. Okay, we'll see you next episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Six Pack. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Please share this episode with a friend. And if you haven't already, click subscribe. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Have a beautiful week. And tell the important people in your life just how much you care about them. Much love and blessings to you all.